You look, first of all, stunning. Is that Thank Charlize? Thank you. Yes, I know you thought it was Charlize, but it is in fact I. <laughs> <laughs> it is me, wow. Jake. Wow. In case and you're wondering, Jake is wearing yeah. a crown from his Halloween costume where he was Ravenna from Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, Snow White and the Kuntsman. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Snow White and the Kunty Henty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something that we have not done on this season yet, which is honestly a travesty, is... Uh, yes, absolutely. It's a horror. It's a horror. Um, we have not played a game yet. Well, we have... Oh, <laughs> that's true. We... <laughs> Well, we did. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We did, but it didn't make it into the episode because it was kind of a mess. So um, we've decided to go back to basics, back to (laughs) basics, to what works. Um, And so we are bringing back the classic Fear the Talking Queers game. Would you rather? Ooh, And obviously we're going to make it scary. And spooky and slutty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This has a hundred plus questions on it, and we have not gone through them. And we are doing all of them. <laughs> yeah. Number one. No. <laughs> Jake, pick a number from one to whatever. One hundred twenty. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick um, sixty nine. You have to. Yes. Let me scroll all the way down. Okay. 69. Would you rather peel all your nails out of your fingers or pull all the teeth out of your mouth? Oh. Whoa, these are fucking intense. That is so intense. Oh, I would 100% probably peel off my fingernails. No teeth. Absolutely. How am I going to chew? No, 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 no. Yes, teeth are way more noticeable than fingernails. Absolutely. Like, I'll never be a teen model without teeth. (laughs) I'll never be anything. (laughs) What's the point of living? I might as well die. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (sighs) I'd probably peel off my perfectly manicured uh, fingernails. It'd be devastating, but, you know, I have to think of the greater good, and people need to see this smile. Yeah, you always have to do what's best for humanity. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to pick number 13. The witching hour. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather fight Dracula, Frankenstein, or the Wolfman? Okay, definitely not the Wolfman. That's just too aggressive for me. Yeah, and I'm allergic, so... Frankenstein seems a little strong, but I feel like I might be faster than him. Slow, yeah. He's slow, he's slow, but he's strong. So I think Frankenstein, because I can probably maneuver my way out of there, because Dracula... 
he oh, might put me in a hypnotic luck. spell and then I'll just be a slave to him for eternity, which also sounds sexy as fuck. But yeah, I'm going to go with Frankenstein because I can get yeah, out of that's that That's a one. good idea. You pick another. Um, I'm going to pick, let's do 44. Oh, okay. You know. Let's see. Would you rather let a tarantula crawl up your arm or a snake wrap around your neck? <laughs> Ew. Oh my God. That makes me so, why are mine all bo- like all horrible? Um, yeah, this is awful. Um, I would probably rather let a tarantula crawl up my arm. I mean, it would be horrifying, but I mean, around my neck, like, I can't breathe. Hello? And that'll leave a mark. I'm not Britney Spears, okay? That thing will kill me. That bitch might choke you. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's a flesh snake. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It can crawl up my shorts. Ooh. <laughs> okay, let me pick my next one. I'm going to pick number 57. Would you rather be possessed by a demon mm. or find out that all your family members are possessed by demons? I would rather be possessed by the dub- a demon because I feel like if everyone around me is possessed, that's much harder to navigate. And I would feel scared and alone and like I have nowhere to turn. But if I'm the one possessed, it's like a one and done. I would just go hang out with my friends instead. Yeah. <laughs> I would say family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's nice of you that you would take on that, uh, that burden of possession. Well, all I would need is an exorcism and then I'll probably be just right back to normal. <laughs> Yes, and I'll probably look a little weathered and worn after, but probably skinny. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of vomiting. <laughs> All right, my last choice. Yes. All right, 33. Would you rather scream like a banshee every time you talk or have snakes for hair? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I pretty much already do scream like a banshee every time I talk. <laughs> mm, this is true. I mean, maybe I would rather have snakes for hair because you could just like wear a hat and then you can just like go on with your normal life. But you are like completely incapacitated if you can't speak, right? Yeah. If you have to scream like a banshee every time you talk, that's going to get real old real fast and no one's going to want to be around you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At least with snakes for hair, I can put on like a bonnet. I could wear a top hat. Pull them back into a hair tie. And if I'm lucky, the people who I don't like will turn to stone. <laughs> Beware. What if you just cut them off and go bald? Oh, oh no, there we go. And then you just have little, like, nubs of snakes. Wear wigs. Wear wigs over it. Oh, <laughs> duh. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to pick my last one. Let's go with 100. Would you rather piss off Maleficent or the <gasps> Wicked Witch of the West? I would rather piss off the Wicked Witch of the West. I think that Maleficent's curses last just a little too long. And she's very calculated, so she knows what matters most to you. And she's going to curse that. And I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I do think that you would get a really good night's sleep, though. When's the last time you have felt that rested? Yes. Sleeping Beauty. Well, that is glamour. You would be the new Sleeping Beauty. Like, think about that. Ooh, yeah. No, but I don't want to sleep. I want to be awake. 
because then if you think about it, <laughs> if you think about it, but the Wicked Witch, you're probably in Oz, like a bitch. That's the place to be. But like, what does like the Wicked Witch actually do? That's scary. She's gonna send her monkeys. She's gonna send her minions, her winkies. She's gonna throw fireballs. But all I need is a fucking pail of water, and the bitch is gone. Okay. She has a lot more weaknesses than maybe Miss Maleficent does. Yeah. And Malef- Maleficent be turned to big old dragons and trying to eat me oh, and breathe fire on me. Yes, no, she didn't even too- think about that. She's no, too. I'm not she's too going much. Head to head with that bitch. No, she's doing yeah, too much. Exactly. Yeah, she, she does the most. I just love the Wizard of Oz movie. And honestly, our movie this week looks like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes. A highly inspired film, um, which is what we were doing this week, which is A24's prequel to X Pearl. Oh my God. Okay. This was such a stellar film follow-up to X. I mean, we were so excited for it because if you watched uh, X in theaters, you got the teaser trailer very early on. It was right after the credits and it showed you just a glimpse of the madness of Pearl's youth because they filmed this movie when they filmed X. Yes, it was a, a simultaneous situation. They um, This was worked on by Ty West and uh, the star Mia Goth. In her first writing credit and producing credit, and um, you know they had a they had a mandatory two week quarantine before filming X in New Zealand because yeah. New Zealand was at the forefront of like no COVID, like their restrictions were very strict, strict, <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> they were so they had to quarantine for two weeks before getting it um, released into the country to film the project. And so, um, during that time, um, you know, Ty West and Mia Goth were doing a little character work over Zoom in their respective hotel rooms, and they decided that, they're like, well, what if this backstory that we're creating for Pearl, our murderous villain in uh, this movie X, like, what if we wrote an entire film based on her, her origin story? And so... They wrote this script, and uh, before even being fil- like finished filming X, like A twenty uh, or like the studio, sorry, I don't know if A twenty four, but um, the studio greenlit the project. So when X was filming, they knew Pearl was also going to be filming. They said it was a perfect opportunity because of you know the pandemic and already being in New Zealand, it was the perfect opportunity to just like have the actors there already and let's make another movie. Yes, I think that was a fantastic idea. And also aside from Mia Goth sticking around to play Pearl once again, um, was it Scott Mascutti? He also produced this film just like he produced um, X. Nice. Yeah. So it was great. They believed in this project and I think it paid off. Get on your bikes, whores, and let's get into Pearl. Oh, I'm a star! Please, I'm a star! Pearl, released in 2022, written by Ty West and Mia Goth, directed by Ty West. Our movie begins in 1918 Texas, 60 years before the events of X. The world is at the height of the Spanish flu pandemic and World War One, when we are introduced to a young Pearl, reprised by Mia Goth. She lives on the farmstead scene here in its former glory before the events of X. 
She lives with her German immigrant parents in the absence of her husband, Howard, played by Alastair Sewell, who is serving overseas. Pearl's father, played by Matthew Sunderland, is infirm and paralyzed, and her domineering mother, Ruth, played by Tandy Wright, forces her to care for him and help maintain their farm. However, Pearl, lonely and full of whimsy, has dreams of being a star of the silver screen. One day, while feeding the animals in the barn, Pearl begins to daydream about her life as a dancing starlet, using a pitchfork as her dance partner. Suddenly, Mr. Goose waddles into the barn. (laughs) Yeah, played by, in her final role... Mother Goose. Oh my god, I, it was sad to see her go, but very necessary for the film. Yeah, R.I.P. girl, R.I.P. <laughs> Pearl slowly walks up to the goose and swiftly drives the pitchfork into it. She then takes the dead bird and feeds it to the alligator living in the lake, who Pearl has lovingly named Theta. The next day, Pearl goes into town by bicycle to refill her father's liquid morphine prescription. Before heading back home, Pearl sneaks over to the cinema and watches a silent film that features a chorus of glamorous dancing women. After the film, she meets the projectionist, played by David Cornsweet. Ugh. Ugh, what a, a, a treat for the eyes. Like, Henry Cavill light. He's so hot. Okay. He's sweet on her and says she has the beauty it takes to be a star. To further impress her, he sends her home with a frame clip he cut from the film she just watched. While riding home, her clipped frame flies out of her pocket. She stops and searches for the clipping, which leads her into a cornfield. She comes across a scarecrow. She takes it down from its post and begins dancing with it, which leads to a passionate kiss. She fantasizes that the scarecrow is the projectionist. She drops the scarecrow and screams at it that she's married. She then mounts it and masturbates with it. Her loud moans of ecstasy scare away a flock of crows from the field. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is you added that last part huh? oh yes girl i was like i need to get descriptive yes. <laughs> yeah we gotta really paint a picture for them yeah okay tonally obviously this movie is very different but i love that it starts off with pretty much the same shot as x which is through the barn yeah. doors facing the house yes it, it's perfect and Right off the bat, this score that's like just so classic and beautiful and swelling as like the camera like goes out the barn doors and we're like introduced to this like beautiful Technicolor farm. Oh, the clouds look like a painted backdrop. It's it's so good. The detail of adding that is great. Oh, just so beautiful. And it's like a Technicolor fantasy. It's bright, but it's like a quaint old Americana house. Yes. You know, everything about it just feels so classic. Feels very Wizard of Oz, I will say. Very. You know? Very. But it's such it's such a contrast because, and this is crazy that Pearl even came out this year. Like, I, I can see why they filmed it at the same time as X, but the fact that they released it like a few months later <laughs> is bonkers. Just amazing though. I love that. Let's like keep the momentum going. Like anticipation is great. I understand that, but like give the people what they want. Yes. And what we want is Pearl. The contrast between the Technicolor world of Pearl and the sepia stained uh, X, it's just such a, it, it, I mean, it feeds into yeah. the narrative, of course. Right. And it's also very much a product of you know, the filmmaking industry at their times. Like, you know, X takes place in, you know, the 1970s when things were 
independent, you know, or independent film was starting to, you know, rear its ugly head. And, you know, it was so handcrafted and low budget and things like yes. that. Whereas, like, the films that this movie harkens to were, like, these grand, Glamorous. you know, productions. Yes. Very MGM and the golden um, age of Hollywood. Yeah, and I think that it really captures both era, like or at least Ty West captures both eras so beautifully. Yes, and I can only imagine what Maxine's gonna look like in the eighties. We'll see. We'll see what we get. We will see. We'll see. I'm excited for that. The only thing that's a little confusing here is that for this time period. Films that were coming out in theaters were silent. And so this feels like the 1930s. Yes, this feels like, like, like I said, like The Wizard of yes. Oz, like a 1930s, 1940s. It's like a little ahead of its time. Yeah, it feels like it's from a different era than what it's portraying. But Right. Yeah, it's like a movie made in the 1930s about 1918. You know, exactly. Gone with the wind, if you will. Absolutely. <laughs> This feels like The Wizard of Oz, so I, it feels like you're going into it, like, following Pearl on her trip to stardom, which is kind of like, she kind of has this monologue in the barn with these animals, where that feels very much <laughs> like the part in The Wizard of Oz when Judy Garland sings Over the Rainbow, you know? It's like... To the chickens, yeah. Like, yes. It feels like Dorothy and Pearl have some sort of, like, symbiotic characteristics. Like, they're both young girls stuck on the farm who just want to travel over the rainbow. They want more out of their life. They yes. don't they don't want to be just stuck where they are, you know, where things are are the same every day. Like they want to go over the rainbow and and um Pearl her her dreams are to be a big star. And we we kind of get a really cool sequence when the film starts of of her like looking at herself in the mirror and then all of a sudden it's like the stage lights come down. It's yes. like boom boom boom. And all of a sudden it comes back up and it's like this like beaut like the lighting is so beautiful and she's like feeling herself just sort of, you know, moving whimsically yes. in her reflection. It almost feels very like like Marilyn Monroe, like diamonds are a girl's best friend or something yes, like that. Yes. But her her illusion is quickly shattered by her uh, horrible mother, but her mother! We have to get in these, to these character dynamics because I really want to figure this out. So first we have Pearl. Mia Goth is coming straight off of X where she played Pearl and Maxine. And honestly, she's an amazing actress, but Pearl seems very similar to Maxine. Like the, the just the portrayal yeah. of them. They have the same accent, the same inflections in their voice. So it's kind of like, okay. Which I think once we get the complete package of the three films, we'll feel fine. But sort of like going yeah. into the, a new story, it's like I kind of was expecting her to mix it up just a little bit more. But I think that her hmm. performance plays out so fantastically that I, it's forgivable. I think that I think like the main difference, obviously, is that Pearl is a little more down on her luck, and I and I think that Maxine yes. is so, sort of more on the up and coming. You know, she, her. They both have like these like she, yeah. strange. She feels a little bit closer to stardom. Sure, but the, the the both of them do have these like really random inflated senses of ego, which we don't really ever know why they feel this way about themselves. Maybe it's just the feeling that they have. I'm a star. I, you know, I deserve to be to be recognized for the world to yes. know my name. We don't really know exactly why they feel this way. It's just something that's inside both of them, which I think maybe is how 
maybe why like why we connect like there's so much connection between them why mm-hmm. you know obviously Ty West and Mia Goth have decided that Pearl and Maxine are like one in the same um yeah. and so I mean I understand why they're very similar but it does I mean yes it, she does kind of come across as like the same exact character except one's <laughs> just kind of more de- more depressed I would say she's like forced to live on this house and you know where her life has turned into something that she never had expected. Yeah, and I think what doesn't truly help the contrast between the two characters is the fact that Mia Goth, and as a person, just it feels like an enigma. Like, uh, she's like yeah. a... She's, I don't know, like, she's very whimsical as it is. Like, the way she speaks in real life is so distinct. Everything, they just talk like this and she has this little voice. What is the difference between Pearl and Maxine? I'm like, oh my god. She's a character, you know? I love her. I'm obsessed. Yeah, I know. She's so, she's so bad. Did you see her outfit at the the Venice Film Festival with like the black scarf on her head? And (laughs) oh, she was like, it was so drama. Yes, I loved it. Just from her name, Mia Goth, like that is the name of a star. Like she is a star, and I genuinely she think is. she's could be one of the greatest actresses of our generation if she keeps going. I mean, if she gives another performance like she does in this movie, like oh, damn, like Oscar's she is just. Mama. I want like to gather all my favorite like girlies, like right now, like these actresses, these young ones that are so talented, and just like throw them all in a blender in a movie and just yes. watch them go. Like, give me Mia Goth, Zendaya, oh. Florence Pugh, and fucking... Let's go. Fuck. You know. Put them in Maxine. That would yes. be stellar yeah. Oh my god, imagine. Imagine. Oh my god. Here we are at first, so we were good. like, I really hope Pam Anderson shows up in Maxine, and now we're like, let's put Florence Pugh yeah. in there now. We're like, we're like Pam Anderson, Chloe <laughs> Cherry. Yes. <laughs> now we're Pam like Anderson, Zend- Florence Pugh, got- Zendaya. <laughs> We got real prestigious all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, Maxine is going to be an, an, an award contender. <laughs> okay, what do we think about the way young Pearl is played out in this film versus old, decrepit Pearl from X? Because to me, I love where they went with this character, but I also feel there's a disconnect there as well. But again, standalone film, fantastic. The connections, though to the characters between Pearl and X are a little off. Like, I don't feel like this person and Pearl would end up being the person that's in X, if that makes yeah, any well, sense. Yeah, I, I mean, she's just, like, so old in X. So, like, <laughs> obviously her, like, she has, like, this, like, wild spirit in this movie, right? She talks to animals and blah, blah, blah. And by the time we get to X, she's, like, almost 100 years old. And so she's very, <laughs> she's very... Slow. She's still chasing slow. the glamour. Her voice is all deep. She just kind of talks like that. I mean, and she's just depressed. Like, her life obviously never left that farm. She wanted to be a star. So maybe over over the years, maybe, maybe she lost a lot of that youthful spirit that we see here in Pearl. Maybe. I think where I'm finding the disconnect is more so in the perversions of Pearl. Like... She's not very perverted in this. I mean, she fucks a scarecrow. And I think that was like their one scene. Like that was like, okay, this is the ticket to uh, Pearl's perverted mind. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they should have leaned into that more. Teenagers that have sex with an inanimate objects. So, uh, it's not. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) 
um i mean i think and i think like you know uh the the projectionist sort of exposing her to to porn of the time like i could see that as like you know being yeah like this is like the cat this is the beginning like maybe she wasn't always as perverted as she is in x like so desperate for sex um but also Maybe that we just don't comes s- with time of the, yeah we didn't of see the sixty 60- abandonment right constantly. exactly we haven't seen the six years in between where you know things with her and Howard maybe right. lose spice and he's unable to have sex with her because of his heart and so maybe these are things that happen in between and and it's all maybe it's more tragic knowing that her, she was this lively spirit who wasn't the perverted monster we see in X because it's like yeah. oh no she's so so much has happened to this poor young woman now look or, at her look, or, look at her getting her head run over like a pumpkin <laughs> like I that's her, that's this that's this character's fate isn't that crazy to think like we have this whole movie yeah and then it, at the end of the day she just she shoots herself out of a door and then gets ran over yeah yeah crazy that's that's crazy i know and maybe maybe like you said over the 60 years after she gave up her dream of stardom she turned her uh, passion into pleasure who knows there we go there There we we go go. okay but then we have her awful mother um ruth who (laughs) i really want to i want to really want to dig deep first of all tandy wright does an amazing job bringing this character to life i believe her performance 100 holy shit do you know anything about this woman do you know who she is Candy, right? No, she yeah. sounds like somebody who's been acting for a hundred years, but she's not <laughs> even that old. <laughs> I know. Well, apparently, she was the intimacy coordinator on X, so she was the one who was Whoa. like, you know, making sure they had all the, the sex scenes were all, you know, everybody was comfortable and whatever. And I guess they had asked her to play this part. She learned ger- like a German accent and German in two weeks for this role. What? the actual fuck yes and was able to convince like some of the german crew members that she was an actual german person or that she like spoke it fluently and she doesn't i was like who is this actress where did she come from she's amazing in this and she gives it yeah she gives an incredible performance i mean she's scary she's domineering she's strict she is she is forceful um yeah she really creates like somebody that you know, it's almost like a Nurse Ratchet type character, or like yes. something like that, like where they are—they're just so staunchly icy and strict, cruel. yeah, and cruel. Here's where I'm confused about this character, though, because I'm like, is she doing this because she herself is a cruel woman? I, obviously, there are a lot of factors here, but is she truly a cruel person, or is it just she's turned into a jaded person because of the way her life has gone? Yeah, that's exactly it, what I feel. Is she is she cruel to Pearl because she is stressed and she's taking it out on her, or is it because she knows what Pearl is capable of, and so she's trying to keep her in line with an extra added amount of uh, harshness? Sure. I mean, I think it's probably a mixture of both. Like this woman, like she obviously is in such a hard position. Like if you think yeah. about it like this, it's like. 1918 the world war one like the germans were the enemy um and this is a german woman living in the in the u.s at the time of the war her husband like is now he's he's sick he's completely paralyzed can't speak he's just 
He's pretty much a vegetable, right? And so now this German woman has to survive in this world, in a world that where she is not accepted anywhere probably outside of this farm. People hate Germans at this point in America. Right. And so she, what's on her mind, I think, is survival. And I think that she is, she is stressed. I I guess stressed. Yeah. But I think she's strict on Pearl because she needs Pearl to be attentive, to be to be there to help Focus. in order for the both of them to survive because not only is she a German woman, she's also a woman in 1918. Yeah. Women, the, the opportunities for women to support a, a household at that time weren't, that, which is like, it was almost like non-existent. You know, women back then were dependent on their husbands to make a living and they tended the home. And so now that their income is gone, like there is no wiggle room to do anything other than survive and so i think that she is strict on pearl and make you know when pearl goes out and spends money on on going to the pictures <laughs> instead of you know <laughs> the nickelodeon yeah you know, yeah exactly instead of you know saving that th- those eight cents or whatever so yeah. like they can maybe get food later or something like i understand i understand where she's coming from does yes. she does she approach it like she's like a a tyrannical bitch yes but i mean yeah. i think her situation is really really tough but i do also think that we yeah. do find because we do find out that she is very aware of pearl's psychotic tendencies or like her yeah. propensity to kill or you know just cause chaos like even down to crushing the alligator egg or whatever just to like you know to whatever it is I think she's also yeah. aware of that, and that's also scary because it's like, oh, like I need you to be sane in this in this time until your husband gets home or whatever. Like, you need to stay here, help me. We'll do this together. But if if I let you go, who knows what you can bring upon us? And then our survival is over. We're done. Yeah. And as you're speaking about those different in- intricacies of Ruth. Um, It actually makes me realize that Pearl and Ruth are actually quite similar in the way that they're both women who are experiencing abandonment issues. Um, Yes. And it's not that they're completely abandoned, but Pearl doesn't want her family, essentially. So she doesn't feel like those are people that are in her corner. But Howard is in her corner, but he's gone off up to the war. And here, same thing for Ruth. Like, she has her daughter, but she's completely unfocused. And she has her husband, but he's an invalid. So she's kind of, they're both lonely women. I think that there's just the tension of the time frame that we're in is just causing them. And and this is very relatable to the times that we're living in currently. Sure. Uh, They're getting better, obviously, but like during COVID, people were experiencing so many bouts of mental health issues and just the, the, I mean, not that everyone's going to end up being Pearl, you know, because they were quarantined, but you know, like this isolation, this feeling of being isolated, not just in your personal life, but just globally um, because of your race and because of your, um, you know, because people are sick and it's like, oh my God, there's so many factors in this film presented that are isolating German being a woman, yeah. being uh, the Spanish flu, the war. It's like, it feels lonely. 
And, yeah, exactly. Um, and and I think it comes like, out. Wow, what when, a time to live. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I know. And and like you think about like that big epic fight that they have in the kitchen. Like she's like, what about my life? Like my, what about everything I expected my life to be? I was supposed to be his wife, yes. not his mother. When she talks about how she's now. Her role is now completely changed. She's no longer able to find happiness in her husband. Now she just has to take care of him until he, what, dies? And so she's also dealing with the own disappointment of how her life has turned out and what it's doomed to be for the rest of forever. Ooh, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, Which that brings us to um, Pearl's father, who... um, it doesn't do much in this film, but he has some pretty intense moments. And I, I do appreciate the acting that this actor did with his face of just being completely terrified, but not being able to even yeah. his neck. Like, oh I mean, God. yeah. And like pearls like uses him as a way to, to kind of vent and feel like she has some sort of human connection since the most of the people that she talks to aren't people. They are animals. And so her father is the only person that's not going to tell her where to go, what to do, you know, who's not going to tell her that her dreams are stupid or that she's never going to achieve anything. He's the ultimate listener. And yes. and she sort of, you know, uses that to her advantage when she, you know, is taking care of him. And I think she feels like she has a little bit of bond with him. But then she also has these moments where she's like, her when her crazy comes out and she like kind of starts wanting to like torture him remember when she like she like, pinches him at one when point she pinches, yeah and she starts yeah. his face and yeah stomping and she, his breathing <laughs> yeah she just like she has this like desire to cause pain like she's or well and that's what i was thinking like yes while it does service her like human connection because he sits there and listens he also feels to me for her like a it almost brings out her psychopathy because she's um I think she latches onto him and appreciates him more because he can't speak. He can't move. Yeah. He can't yeah. give her all he can do is listen to her. And it seems like that's all she wants is for people to watch and listen to her. And yeah. she has control over him. And she obviously is feeling, she obviously takes advantage of being more vicious than, or more, you know, she takes advantage of things that are weaker than her. So right, it's, of course. it's obviously that that is, has something to do with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, um, you know, we, we're starting to get a little story here. Pearl, she wants to be a big star, right? And so um, one of the, the type of stars she wants to be appears in the picture house where she goes and um, she sees these, like, silent films of these women dancing in a chorus line, you know, and yeah. she like dreams of the, no that sound. being her. Absolutely Which boring. is so interesting <laughs> concerning the fact that Miss Pearl, I don't think she's ever danced before, but she just has this insane, like this like inflated sense of ego that she's like this. Yep. I'm going to do that. I I can be up there. I'm, I can, there's no room for air on the, with them, and I know I have what it takes. But it's like, why does she think this? Like, why? Ty West obviously created the vision of this trilogy to sort of be a narrative of the history of film in a way. And so for her to aspire to be, there were silent films, and this one in particular, like you're saying, it's a dan- it's dancing, and that's what she's like 
and maybe that was just a lot of what that film the films were back then i don't i wouldn't know i've never seen a film from that house bollies she loves it yeah like dancing clown you know and so like to me it seems like over time then it's like you aspire to be an actress but that doesn't work out so then you aspire to be a porn star now it's a reality (laughs) star or now it's an influencer and you know and so it's like that kind of feeds into the the narrative here Right, and that gen- that generation after generation has its own version of what a star like, is of a <laughs> yeah versions of stars, and this is this is that version in 1918. Yeah, because you think this is probably around the time of like vaudeville and yeah. dancing and singing was a lot of the entertainment back then. So it took right. real talent to do something back then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you see those dancers? Wow, were they talented? <laughs> and she's like, wow, they are. They are perfection. I'm like, oh, this looks like a mess by today's standard. The Rockettes would never. She has no idea what the fuck she's talking about. Um, (laughs) And she meets the projectionist who is played by the very delicious. My husband. Oh, right. Exactly. Um, But he um, he's very cute, very charming. But there's only so much to him because I think that his genuine purpose is just to trick this girl into sleeping with him. Yeah, he's like, he is like charming in kind of like a seedy way, like I like something about yeah. this guy is not right. Why is he talking to this? I mean, maybe he does think she's cute, but the fact that he like identifies as like a bohemian who sleeps at right. the movie house and like he has stag films in his bag, like he's kind yeah, of, like he's a douche. <laughs> yeah, like when he shows her that the stag film. And I'm like, oh, what does this guy want? Like, what is his purpose? Like, he like, showed what's her his that goal to with get her? Her, her horny. horny. He's and the reason worked. Pearl's perverted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling. Well, maybe I'm telling you. Maybe she never would have even known those existed without him. Is this even legal? <laughs> <laughs> Another returning character for this movie is the alligator or an alligator what is this the same one they live a long time i mean maybe it's the same one but maybe Beta. we saw the eggs because we're like okay yeah that's they're what reproducing. I, that's why i that's what i assumed i assumed the newer the alligator from the 70s was a product of the eggs but andre said that alligators can live a really long time so maybe she grew old with pearl like their tortoises tortoises yeah but then also can alligators fertilize their own eggs because then that would be the answer to the question Ooh, maybe because it's just her no that sounds like science and i <laughs> don't know just forget it um but <laughs> she has a name theta she's named her after theta bar a star of the silver screen so which we do which we do see her name on the marquee playing cleopatra <laughs> yes i know so, uh, we're seeing where pearl you know she names all of her animals after famous movie stars and that we yes. see Miss Theta Bar's name up there. Yes, the gator has a name. But, and, and I, I mean, I don't know. This one also looks a little younger than the, the other one was slow. Remember how long it took for it to get it to Maxine? Yeah. This might be the same alligator. It might be, it might be. It's just a little older, a little more weathered, but still hungry. What do you feel about this sex scene that between Pearl and the Scarecrow? This is where she starts to fracture a little bit. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so she gets all horny because, uh, well, she's like high on morphine. And then 
you know, bikes her way down the cornfield, you know, as if she's going to Dorothy Yale's house. And oh, she I thought stops. that scene, that little moment that you're ju- that you just mentioned, was really charming because it it not only feels and looks like an old movie, but like her performance is also feels like an old movie. When that clip flies out of her overalls, yeah. she goes, oh, 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 oh no! Very Judy Garland. And so she runs into the field where she meets the scarecrow, which I think is, a, this feels like a, a very Wizard of Oz moment. The oh, first, you know, his costume meet- even, the green shirt with yeah. the brown pants, it's literally the same outfit from the Wizard yeah. of Oz. He may not have a brain, but he's getting coochie. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love when she sees the projectionist face on the scarecrow. Oh my and God. And she drops it. I'm married! Oh, <laughs> so good. I wrote LOL really big when she said that. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, what was she thinking? But uh, <laughs> for I mean, she's I mean, she's high but, as hell. She's horny as hell. I mean, she's, she's waltzing high. with the damn scarecrow. She's got his old top hat on. It's actually kind of cute at first. You're like, oh, like this girl's like sad it's like and a lonely. It's like a little Shirley Temple moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she's like waltzing with it. And then... Then, like, you always see it, though. Like, you see the moment where she just kind of transitions. Like, she almost, like, drops into her psychopathy. Like, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it shifts. And all of a, then she's, like, kind of stares at it weird. And then she kind of mounts it. And then she just starts riding that thing. Yeah, she's and, dry rubbing against that hay. And it does something for her because it sounds like she orgasmed. Well, yeah, I mean, I think she's starting to give in to her deepest sexual desires, you know? And she rides that thing till she orgasms and screams, Mama, screams. Well, there's something about the projectionist that brings this side out of her because yeah. it doesn't well, he's seem some- like she feels too much importance on sex with how her life is currently. Like, I don't know that her and Howard have a lot of sex, but the, right. well, the I mean- projectionist brings something, I don't know. Maybe just making her feel excited because it's like another man, you know? Right. Well, I mean, like, think about what what his lifestyle is. Like, I know she doesn't know too much about it yet, but I mean, he's like this, you know, he's free. He's bohemian. He can go wherever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He's like, I can pick up and leave whenever I want. And that is yeah. exciting. That's exciting to her. That idea that she can, she can escape her, her current circumstances. Yeah. Like that is really, that is an exciting thought. So this man excites her and he gives her attention. He looks at her and tells her that she thinks, he thinks that she's beautiful enough to be in the pictures. And that is, you know, music to her, her ears. Yeah. Because I don't think that Pearl is supposed to be a beauty, even though I find Mia Goth's, uh, I think she's stunning presence. I think she's a stunning, unique beauty. Uh, but yeah, uh, but when he's saying it, I don't think that that's really what we're supposed to believe. <laughs> but like you said, this is a great scene to show off how Pearl's mind works. It's almost like, especially with the way it starts, like I said, that moment where she's like, oh, oh, my my photo. And she leads it leads her to that innocent little waltz that she has. It's very cute, like you said. But it's like, this is where we see the inner battles she has with her innocence, but also her twisted mind. Like yeah. that shift that you see, like you mentioned, where you can see the shift. It's almost like this is how her mind works. And as she gets older and as she feels more lonely and more isolated, 
her mind, that side of her mind starts to take takes over, over. more. Until yeah. that's all we see at the end. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's completely eclipsed who she used to be, and now she's just a bitter old hag. Yeah, a dead one at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that it for this? Section? Yeah. What? Why don't we keep going? Later, Pearl, Pearl has, has dinner with her, with her parents, parents, and Ruth, Ruth asks where the change is from the morphine. Pearl lies and says she bought candy with the change, so Ruth refuses her supper. She explains that they don't have much money and she cannot afford for Pearl to be careless. She tells Pearl to snap out of her fantasies and get real, mama. The next day, Pearl's wealthy mother-in-law pays a visit, bringing a roasted pig to Ruth. However, Ruth declines the gift, leaving it out on the porch to rot. Meanwhile, in the barn, Pearl's sister-in-law, Mitzi, played by Emma Jenkins Perot, informs her that auditions are being held at her church to acquire a new dancer for a state-traveling troupe. Pearl envisions this as a way out of her circumstance and her first big step to stardom. They plan to secretly meet each other at the auditions. Later, Pearl sneaks out of the house and visits the projectionist and tells him about the auditions. She also confides in him that she doesn't feel normal. He shows her a film called A Free Ride, an illicit stag film he acquired in Europe. He encourages Pearl to pursue her dreams while she's still young and suggests that she can even be in stag films. Pearl comments that she cannot abandon her family and that her dream would be easier to achieve if they were dead. The next day, Pearl takes her father out on a walk in his wheelchair. She takes him to the dock and almost feeds him to Theta before Ruth interrupts and instructs her to take him back inside. At dinner, Ruth reveals that she's found a pamphlet Pearl took from the cinema. The two get into a fierce argument during which Pearl's mother prohibits her from going to the audition, chastising her for only focusing on her wants and aspirations and not recognizing the sacrifices she has made for their family. Pearl argues that she has what it takes to be a star and wants this chance so she doesn't end up like Ruth. Ruth says she doesn't have what it takes and instead sees a malevolence in Pearl that will terrify people. A physical altercation erupts during which Pearl shoves her mother against the kitchen hearth, igniting her dress and resulting in her mother suffering life-threatening burns. Pearl drags her mother, still alive, to the basement, tossing her down the stairs. She leaves her father seated in the kitchen as she flees to the cinema where she has sex with the projectionist. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, so hot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh my god. So this is where we see Pearl start to get a little bit, start to move on from the animals. Like you mentioned earlier, she inflicts this pain on her father. She does this thing where she bathes her father and then she takes a bath in the same water because they are poor. Yeah. And so... Who has time to heat up the water again? She's splashing around, you know, and then she starts to pinch him. And this also feels like a callback to the movie The Bad Seed. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of bad seed reference in this too. Yeah. Just a, like just a piece of shit little girl. Like Yeah, just a little bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, just doing <laughs> shitty things. Yeah. And also there's this moment where she grabs his nose and tries to make it stop breathing and then she pokes his cheek and she says, Are you still in there? <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering if that was maybe the beginning of Pearl's fear of aging. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's a way, I think, maybe of justifying her going to try and murder him. Because if he's not in there, then what does it matter? She's like, are you in there? Like, because if I just get rid of your body and you're just a vegetable who doesn't care. Yeah, he can't feel big... anything. What's the, yeah. What's the big deal? Whatever. 
Like, you're not coming back <laughs> anyway. If you're gone, you're not coming back. Might one as well feed you to the alligator. To start one him. less obstacle. <laughs> one less thing I have to care about here on the farm. And one less thing my mother is going to yell at me about. Can you imagine living in a time where taking away your supper was, like, your punishment? That's cruel. I know. Well, that happens in The up. Wizard of Oz also. <laughs> Does it? What? Yeah, when Toto bites Miss Gulch and... and oh, yeah. Um... Dorothy calls her a wicked old witch. Aunt M sends her to her room without supper. Uh, excuse me, Aunt M. <laughs> You're not my mom, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what she should have said. I think that was in the original script, but they had to cut it. <laughs> yeah. And Judy was all for it. She was smoking a yeah. cigarette and she said it. <laughs> You're not my mom, bitch. I, I can't even yeah. do it. How would she well, even say that? You're not my mom, you mean old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I also understand the mother. She's like, where are my eight cents? And she's like, I don't have it. I bought hard candy for the ride home. And she's like, okay, well then you don't need to fucking eat the food that I hard I prepared for. You can have the leftovers in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's harsh. I mean, I get it, but I get it. It's harsh, but I like... I understand you. There is no wiggle room at this moment for them. They are in a tough spot. When you're counting cents. Yes. It's real. Yeah. And you know, Miss Pearl, she's only thinking about herself. She's thinking about her desires, which I understand. I get it. She needs to be happy too. But also, I mean, but get your head out of the clouds, Pearl. Like you, you really think you're going to be a star. I mean, but honestly, her desires to be famous and glamorous um there it's a relatable uh, <laughs> a relatable storyline it's relatable it's relatable to us here at fear the talking queers but she's so delusional and i also feel like that is something that is dealt with like in every generation you know where it's like some kids yeah. are so focused on this illusion that they could be this grandiose star and ignore their realities and when that doesn't work out the building amount of anxiety that comes from that right. is pretty can be pretty severe, and I think that this is this movie serves as a warning of that to keep keep uh, your keep your mind, you know, grounded in reality. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, especially like I said before, like I don't think she's ever danced before in her life, but she's like convinced that she has what it takes to get out of there. And I'm like, is that just her desperation speaking? Mm-hmm. Is that just like her like needing to to escape her circumstances and so she's now convinced herself that I can be just like them like in in order to you know give her hope that one day she'll be able to fucking escape and I know. be happy because she's not happy she's not, not happy. happy and honestly this is a great scene to put right before we get the fur-covered women of Howard's family in the yes. next scene. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let, hear me out. I wonder what you think about this. Why didn't Brittany Snow play Mitzi? Okay. My fucking thoughts exactly. Because I was right? like, we should have went full Wizard of Oz. And yes. just put these same actors in these different characters. Yes. And just did play out I was like, the entire thing. And I think Miss Miss Emma, she does well. And I, you know, I don't mind yeah, her, especially but like at the end, but Brittany Snow did so well at X. I would have loved to see her again. I would have loved her. Role. And especially because the, because part of the, the production of it being in New Zealand and filming it back to back was that they could utilize the same actors or utilize the same crew 
from yes. X. It was like, why didn't they just say, hey, hey, Miss Britt, you want to stay a few more weeks? Make a lo- cute little paycheck and you play this little cute part? That would have been good. That would have been good. And she would have been so good. Yeah. Well, also because the dynamic here between Pearl and Mitzi is sort of a mirror reflection of the dynamic between Pearl later and Britney Snow's character. Yeah. Um, ah, opportunity missed, I say. Opportunity missed. Because this is obviously where her hate for blonde. For blondes. Miss Hello? Bobby Lynn. When she calls her a little blonde bitch and all that, a whore, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like this obviously is where this is coming from because she thinks that she lost her chance of stardom to a younger blonde. So by the time she's an old hag facing Bobby Lynn, sexualized self, she's like, I'm going to take this bitch down. Yeah. And (laughs) feed her to the alligators. (laughs) Tater. (laughs) (laughs) but yes i i would have loved to see that i'm right on i'm right there with you okay is mitzi genuine in her kindness to pearl i yeah or is it hard to tell does it seem ingenuine because it's coming from a place of pity i don't know i do think that she I, i think she is genuinely kind i think she might be a little oblivious i think that maybe because she's so privileged that she just assumes that everybody's she like she doesn't see the reality of what's going on in Pearl's life. She's so she yeah. seems a little bit like, you know, like happy go lucky because her life isn't really that hard. Yeah, and I think that her world focuses around herself. So I think her inviting Pearl is not so much so that Pearl can have a shot at stardom and dance uh, dancing, you know. Right. She may not even know those are her dreams. I think that she more so invites her to have somebody to go with because she's nervous. Right, and then that's what she says because she's like, that would be my dream. And then Pearl's like, me too. Like, she, And she's like, oh. like She like didn't even realize that Pearl also would want to go. She thought she was just telling her a secret that she was going to go to. I think she's genuine. I just think she's kind of oblivious. I think she's just one of those people where obviously their family probably talks shit. Like, I can't believe Howard's living on that farm with that yeah, god awful girl. Course. You know, and um, <laughs> Mitzi probably loves her brother and just feels bad for Pearl for being so poor and is like, I'm going to offer a gentle hand. So I think she's genuine in that. And I think the mother was genuine in bringing that roasted pig over. It looked delicious. I cannot yeah. believe she declined it. I get pride. She's proud. She's a proud German woman. But when you're wondering where your eight cents went, take the fucking pig. Take the fucking pig, bitch. Like, (laughs) leave the pride at the door and just take the pig. Instead, it sits there and gets all maggoty. Ew. So right right after Pearl finds out that, uh, you know, this audition's happening and she's getting really excited. She's in bed, like, wishing. Then they have this shot of, like, a shooting star going by. I'm like, is that to is that just coincidence? Or are they implying that that you know she actually wishes on a shooting star and it comes true? And it's the whimsy, it, yeah, the it's whimsy, that layer right? Of whimsy that's embedded in this in this film that makes it tonally different. It's like, oh my god, this is so ridiculous. But I know it's also very good because after this, this is where we start to see her lose more control you know after she threw that scarecrow on the ground and said i'm married now she's actually going physically to the projectionist and yes you know this and this shot when she gets to the theater this time with the the top hat on and the bike she looks a dead ringer for miss gulch 
Miss Gulch, yes. Oh, yeah. one. I was like, okay, Wizard of Oz. It's like almost yeah. identical. She's she turning was. into the. She went from Dorothy, yes. the the overalls, the blue, to fucking Miss Gulch. Yeah, she's turning into the Wicked Witch. But she's she's losing her control because now she's like, yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't hurt if I dipped my toe in the waters of the projection, the Bohemian projectionist. Yeah. Um, because she knows that she should refrain from fulfilling this fantasy because she's married. But obviously the scarecrow wasn't enough for Miss Pearl. She wants to, you know. She wants the real thing. She wants dick, and it's obvious. And do you know what? Who are we to begrudge her that? Does she want dick, though? Or is she going because he thinks she's a star? Yes, I think she wants validation. I think she wants somebody to pay attention to her and not tell her just what to do or make her feel small or make her feel infantilized. Her mother took mm. away her dinner like she's a child and this woman is an adult who's married. Yeah. And like she wants to do things adults do and that involves getting their fuck on. And so I think that she she sees this man as an escape in a way and this man can yeah. offer her you know the chance to go to Europe and get out of where she is this hell that she lives in every single day and honestly I kind of wish that the projectionist I, and I think it does show here there's a transition in how sweet he was to her in the alley versus yeah. him showing her this stag film like it starts to feel a little like he's you know, a little, yeah, a little more sketchy, a little more up on her, yeah, yeah. But then she also drops things that she's also very creepy when she's talking about her parents, and she's like, "If only they would just die." And he was like, "Pardon?" Yeah. She's like, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah. Yeah. She. The, that's. Yeah. I mean, and, and then he even tells her like, she, "I would watch you in porn, or like in the porn." Like, yeah, he's I would like watch using you in a film like this. Like, yeah, he's like dropping every little whatever to get her, just her into ass bed. Crack. First of yeah. all, the evolution of porn scene uh, from Pearl to X is just, I mean, and now we can put cameras inside their bodies. <laughs> it's like the perfect video for it's like the category yeah. of amateur, like. <laughs> 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 um, but it also ties in as relating it back to X, which there are little Easter eggs planted in there, you know, the X factor and the, you know, yeah. the porn and the X right. on the ground, you know, it's like these There's connect, things. yeah. They're weaving in the connection. Yeah. But, and, it, you know, I think it's obviously him trying to get Pearl in the mood, but at the same time, it's like, I, I still don't, like her watching it and going like is this even legal and not really being able to take her eyes off of it because she's never seen anything like that before but I don't feel that it fully ties in and like I said I just wish there was more about Pearl being sexually yeah yeah I kind of feel sexually motivated it should have been more obvious that he was trying to get her in the mood by showing the stag film so that she could one up him and be like Mm. um you know what I would really like to do? And just say something like fucking off the wall, like oh sexual, God. and that would make him scared, make him cower a little bit, you know, and be like, whoa, like I yeah. thought I was the creep, like she's the creep, but you know. No, I I, I feel that, I feel that. <laughs> There's one line in this scene in particular where he says that people have a fascination with seeing people how they truly are. Yes. And I thought that was 
more, I thought it was poignant, like a poignant line. It was such a standout line, like the way he said that. And I was like, is this kind of like a hint to the evolution of film? Like going so far, like it was, it starts off whimsical and then it ends up being seedy and gritty and dark and raw. Right. It's not like a fantastical interpretation of life. Like a movie like that or what porn is. I mean, they're, what porn is the most is like it highlights one of the most basic human instincts which is you know to fuck or you know fuck to yeah. Ha- yeah to have sex or you know this raw animal thing that we do as humans and i think it i think he does have a point when he's like you know it shows people shows who people really are it's not the wizard of oz it's it's real life it's real you know life. This is as real as it gets to people interacting in some of the most, you know, animal ways you can think of. And also, and I think that I when she sees this, to me, there is even more of a change in Pearl. Like, her, yeah. her psychosis gets even crazier because she, you know, she's now exposed to this. So maybe it's starting to show who she really is, just being exposed to it. You know, her... Her, this mask of her talking to the chickens and the cows is, you know, about to completely go away in exchange for, you know, s- you know, adultery and murder and all these things that she ends up, you know, succumbing to. Ooh. Yes. And she kind of has this make or break mentality. Like, it almost feels like her world will end if she doesn't do this audition well yeah which is in which is really interesting and i love how they make it known that this isn't like an audition for a hollywood movie or you know some big studio picture this is like a church group basically (laughs) that's just gonna go around to a few churches around the country and the state state, (laughs) and you know do a little dance it's nothing that's going to make her a star, but she puts so much importance, I guess, into yeah. this. She the, the amount of importance she places into it, like, you would think that she was auditioning for the role of a lifetime. But for her, yes. this opportunity to, again, I think her motive is to escape. This is an opportunity to get out of her house, to see the world, to have people clap for her on stage, and to see her as what she sees herself as. When Pearl returns home, she hears her mom crying. Yeah. Which I love that inclusion because it humanizes her mother. Then we start to see that underneath that icy bitch exterior, she's actually just really sad and depressed. Yeah. With how her life has, with what her life has turned into. Yeah. Like, I get it. She's in a hard ass spot. I'd be crying myself to sleep every night, too. And, like, Mm -hmm. and I thought about this. I was like, Maybe this was like a a high thought that I was having. <clears throat> and I was like, would like Pearl killing both of her parents be like showing them mercy in a way? Like no more pain. Like everybody wins, right? The father is no longer a vegetable. The the wa- mom is no longer crying herself to sleep at night because she's so stressed from having yeah. to survive. And then Pearl's free. Like everybody wins. Is that a is that a horrible thought? The crying strikes a chord in Pearl. Yeah. So she's kind of like, oh, 
like I had no idea that my mother cries herself to sleep at night. It's sort of like her, it's the one thing that catches her attention with her mother. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, but also it's kind of like, again, a, a connection to X and Pearl because Pearl essentially becomes her mother uh, in X. Like she, I mean, she's much yeah. older, but um, it's kind of like these people who feel like their world is closing in on them. Like and that, they, yeah, they, they never let, got to live their fulfilling dr- yes. life, and they just have to deal with what's dealt with to them. Right, exactly. Or like their life is not what they wanted it to be. The severe no. amount of disappointment in their own life. They're depressed. And, and they're angry. Yeah. They're resentful, like of of the circumstance that they've, they've been dealt. And that's understandable. I mean, it's fucking hard. Well, and they're taking it out on the generations that are still in the frame of mind of like, I have my whole life ahead of me. Right. It's, and they still have a sense of freedom. And it's like, sure. They don't want to see that. Misery loves company. So I'm right. going to try to like take that away from you. So in both movies, we have that kind of, that. Yeah. That the, the older, of, the older yeah. generation being resentful of the newer generation for having their entire life ahead of them. For still being able to have the ability to dream. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so sad. Yeah. So sad. Meanwhile, they're there, like, looking in the mirror at, you know, right. their Trying themselves to sleep at night. Sleep. Look at, yeah. <laughs> so then they get into this awful fight. Ruth pretty much, like, gaslights Pearl a lot, you could tell. Yeah. Because she's, like, calls her, like, ungrateful and... You know, she's like, "Well, I can't. Well, is this life so beneath you?" And yeah. but it's like, no. What's wrong it's with like, this life? It's like you're counting pennies, Mama. Yeah, like, exa- I don't exactly. want to live like that. And like maybe it's it's not. And she's like, I didn't say it, it was. And it's like, yeah, like it, I mean, this life isn't beneath me, but it's just not the life that I want. And aren't I able to decide what I want for my life? Can't I choose something differently or? must I be forced to do this? Yeah. And even like, and I love that moment where that, that conversation shifts when she's like, like, why do you want to do this? And she goes, because I want something more than this. And the lightning strikes and (laughs) their thunder roars. And it's like, that's heartbreaking for her mother to hear. But at the same time, it's like, but again, fear rules Ruth's life. Like she's talking about, we're talking about a time where like all of her people were dying like you know the german yeah. people like you were saying all these things that she's a germaphobe she she doesn't want the sickness she's afraid of lice germs um, yeah she's upset that germans are dying i mean there's just she's so jaded by her reality that she can't she doesn't even want dream to i mean dream she doesn't want pearl to dream like she wants her to be realistic because right. I think that she feels Pearl's reality will always end up being hers and in a way she does make it that way like that's what ends up happening right and it's because of her mother <laughs> it all starts that's, in the home it all starts with the mother <laughs> yeah. oh my god and right before this we see Pearl crush that alligator egg and to mm. me seeing that juxtaposed with that that fantasy in her mind of Howard exploding it's sort of like her mind completely fracturing like it's like okay this is the crack the this is where she cracks I think that's of what course and about. now it, yeah now life means nothing to her she's like I'm willing to crush anything in my way in order to achieve my dreams 
Hmm. And that's when it comes down to this fight between her and her mom, which turns physical. I mean, you know, we have these two strong women, you know. I mean, what I would consider Pearl strong. I think she's strong in her conviction of who she is. And I think that Ruth is strong in her convictions about what she wants Pearl to be. And, uh, you know, obviously clashes. And, you know, there's a lot of, like we said before, there's a lot of similarities between them. And I feel like while Ruth, obviously her circumstances is hard, but I would say that she's more like psychologically evil while Pearl is maybe more outwardly evil. (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, her mother is evil in a way that it's like the malevolence in Ruth as it's festering in her, you know, it, yeah. it comes from a different place. It comes from a place of like fear. disappointment fear. Of, and fear of the world around her. Whereas Pearl's Pearl is sort of just, she wants to hurt things. Like she, yeah. there's something about her that, so there's already this like kind of like mental illness going on in Pearl on top of, the guilt and the and the disappointment yeah. and fear that she's getting from her mother it's just a bad combination of chemicals imbalances yeah. <laughs> and it all goes up in flames literally it all goes up in flames but i have to say this is a fantastic scene what a showcase for miss yeah. tandy right oh my gosh intensity is the word like this woman gives an intense performance as ruth and she knocks it out of the fucking park like yes well, thank you for this performance, Ruth. It was awesome. Such a great Not performance. Not Ruth. I mean, Tandy. Uh, Miss Tandy. But, you know, Ruth also brings up this thing. She goes, you don't see what... You don't see... I mean, you don't think I see what you do when you think I'm not looking? Like, bitch, hey. I see you fucking killing animals. Uh, she almost saw her fucking dump her husband into oh, yeah. in his mouth. Like, there's some shit going on with Pearl, and she sees it. She's always got her eyes on her. And then I start to realize, well, maybe that's why she's so hard on her because she's like, I, mean, I don't yeah. want my daughter to be a fucking psycho. I so know. I'm like, this is the like, last thing we need. Yeah. I'm going to try to put her in her place, but it doesn't know. work because she gets burnt to a crisp. It's a compelling performance um, on Miss Tandy Wright's behalf and on Pearl's behalf. I think there are some great moments in here. I, and I love the monologue for Ruth. I, it's just, oh, yeah. it's wonderfully written. And the idea of dreams and broken dreams is just and the jade. I just love the dynamic being told and the yeah. story of the of the, these older generations being. It's so relevant to yeah. this time period, not in 1918, but like now. Like this is yeah. a movie that can speak beyond the time frame, and I think it's. It's, it's relatable. Time. Yeah, it's relatable yes. to this time. I have one more thing to say about this section before we move on. Okay. Does murder make Pearl horny? I think it does. Because as soon as she's done here, she's like, yeah. I need to get fucked. And she goes yeah. and fucks the projectionist. Yeah, so I think it does. I, I think it makes too. her horny, which I think corresponds a little bit to X. As soon as she gets that first one, she's got to get more. It's an insatiable appetite she's got for Murder and sex. Ooh, how how sexy! But honestly, I would have fucked him from the moment I saw him in the alley. Okay, period. All right, shall we finish it off? Yes, let's finish. Oh, I'm gonna come. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
In the morning, the projectionist drives Pearl back to the farm so she can prepare for her audition. He becomes unnerved when he notices the now maggot-infested roasted pig on the porch, which Mitzi's mother left for them the day prior. He is further perturbed by inconsistencies. <clears throat> I need to lubricate my throat. Ah, just like Miss Pearl did. Okay. He is further perturbed by inconsistencies Pearl tells him about the goings-on in her house, as well as her extremely theatrical behavior. When he attempts to leave, Pearl flies into a fit of rage, feeling she is again being abandoned. As he tries to drive away, she stabs him to death with a pitchfork, finishing him off by shoving it into his face. She later pushes his car, with his corpse in it, into the pond, and Theta approaches the car to eat his remains. Pearl dresses herself in one of her mother's lavish red gowns. She then dresses her father in a suit before smothering him to death, justifying it as a mercy killing. Pearl arrives at the church where the audition is being held, and she is met by a nervous Mitzi, who insists Pearl go first. Pearl gives a dance performance she feels will win the talent scouts over, but is profoundly distraught when they deny her for being too old and not blonde. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) She screams in horror that she is a star. I love that part. I'm a star! I'm a star! Oh, it's heartbreaking when she starts to go, Help me! <laughs> oh my god, like, help I'm me? Like, I'm help like, me with what? This is just her wanting to escape, Mama. Yeah, okay. she needs help. Mitzi accompanies Pearl home and attempts to calm her. In the kitchen, Pearl makes a lengthy confession to Mitzi about her resentment toward Howard, who came to work at her family home as a farmhand. Pearl saw her marriage to Howard, the son of an upper-class family, as a way to escape her parents, but was disappointed when he insisted the two remain on the farm. She further confesses that she had an affair with the projectionist before admitting she doesn't feel normal. She admits to having begun murdering farm animals before taking the lives of her parents and the projectionist. A stunned Mitzi attempts to leave, falsely assuring Pearl she will not divulge their conversation. However, when Pearl forces Mitzi to confess that she was chosen for the troop, Pearl flies into a rage. Mitzi attempts to flee, but Pearl chases her down the driveway and brutally kills her with an axe. I love it. (laughs) Pearl further dismembers Mitzi's body and feeds her corpse to Theta before going into the basement and lying with her dead mother, whom she tells she loves. Having reached the conclusion that her mother is correct and that Pearl should make the best of what she has, Pearl decides to remediate her wrongdoings by creating a comfortable home for Howard when he returns from combat. The next morning, Howard arrives unexpectedly. In the kitchen, he is horrified to find the dead bodies of Pearl's parents seated at the dining table around the rotting pig. Pearl greets him with a protracted, pained expression of joy. The end. In a post credit scene, we see a teaser for Maxine, the third installment of the X trilogy. It reveals itself to be set in the 80s. Maxine's name can be seen spelled with three X's in the fashion of the Hollywood sign, nestled right into the Hollywood hills. I just had to throw that Maxine in there because I'm excited. I'm Um, excited! So Pearl is a fucking monster. Like she is yeah. fully living in this fantasy that she's going to just get rid of her parents, go to the audition and become a big star and leave it all behind her. And now she's got a hot 
a hot boyfriend that she thinks is gonna, you know, whisk her away as well. I love that she takes him back to the house and is like, this is my life. This is my dad. (laughs) Yeah, she's like absolutely nuts at this point. And (laughs) it's only right that he would be fucking scared of her. She's acting like a nut. So and like, well, and I love how easily like it happens. Like she's like, he's like, what's that noise? We should go check because that could be your dad. She's just trying to have sex again. So yeah, okay, it is coming out. Actually, you're right. Yeah. He's like, it could be your dad. We should go check. And she goes, oh, no, it's just the dog. And then right after, he goes, well, what about your dog? And she goes, we don't have a dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pearl. Oh, Pearl. Pearl. You, you, you do this to yourself. I just love that this pitchfork thing is like, uh, because it became sort of like an iconic image of old Pearl with this pitchfork. They used right. the um, photo a lot in the X marketing. And so I love that she uses that as well in here. I think it might even be the same pitchfork. Um, uh, probably. <laughs> but the viciousness of her shoving it into his face. And then and not just shoving it into his face, but like using her foot to plant Stomping it into the it. ground through yeah. his face. Like she wow. was not playing. It's sort of like the beginning of her dream life crumbling. Yeah. It just gets worse from here. Well, yeah. And and like that part when she's in the barn, he's like leaving and she's like, wait, what happened? She's like, why did you turn cold on me? And just, and then she like, (laughs) you get to see the panic. The panic is like real that she's like, wait a minute. Wait, no, 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 no. Don't. We have a good thing going. Like, this is exactly what I've been wanting. Things are starting to work out. My parents are fucking dead. I, I, you know, I have you, you're going to take me away. Like, don't ruin this. Yeah. That panic too, I think is triggered from the fact that the night before Ruth was telling her like people, basically people don't want to watch you on screen, bitch. Like people are going to be terrified by you when they see who you really are. They're going to be terrified. Uh, So there's that moment of panic really stems from when he's like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, there is something wrong with me. There's a realization for her as well. Yeah, because I don't think she fully believes that there's... I think she feels it coming because she's mentioned it. Like, But I think she's kept it pretty under control. But now that other people are starting to see it, it's... Yeah. Well, it's like things are things are also spiraling out of control. Insane. She's now committed murder. She's now... Like, she's so far in it now. It's, all like, it's almost like, yeah, the wheels are starting to turn really, really fast. And, and I, I think it's starting to... She's starting to lose grasp. And it's, like, getting way too much for her to handle. And she's starting to panic. Yeah. I, I love that moment of, of his of his kill. And it's just a warm-up. Yeah. Because it starts to get out of control. First of all, love the red dress. I love oh how my God. rich it looks. Red. I should have known it'd be red. <laughs> yeah. I like mean, but it's... Literally what I thought. Yeah, but it's, like... It almost, like, signifies that, you know, she's not very innocent anymore. She started off in these, like, kind of, like whimsy blue outfits and everything a white dress when she's in that opening scene when she's like in the mirror and now she's on blood red because she their innocence is gone she's a murderer and she's got blood on her hands and her dress absolutely and she goes to the audition and we get they're looking for the x factor and she gives this lackluster performance because I will say that they pull it off very well because even though in Pearl's mind 
It's this extravagant dance. Production are, number. Yeah. It's a production number. The curtain tears away. There are soldiers dancing and there are fireworks and um, it's explosive. It's like a culmination of all the things that Pearl, that are going on in Pearl's mind. But she's seeing it as this fantastic Broadway production. But honestly, the dancers are like kicking shit into high gear. It's yeah. fantastic. And Miss she's uh, like, Pearl Miss Pearl's like hitting 90 degrees kicking. with those legs. Yeah. She's like, ha, 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 ha. So, Which is, a, is Mia Goth a dancer? I assumed she was. I honestly thought she was going to turn out some like amazing performance. I didn't think that they would cast her, but I thought she was going to turn out some amazing performance. I was like, oh, she's a dancer. Hello. She's in Suspiria. Like, obviously. But do we ever really see her dance? That's true. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait, we never really see her dance in that movie either. In the dance scene, the only time we see her character is when her head goes up. Yeah. (laughs) And her eyes are creepy. I don't know. She wasn't kicking that high. I'll tell you that. Yes. I I was bamboozled. I was like, oh, I was like, maybe she was wearing a skirt. She could have kicked that foot high into the air. But it was like not going above the knees. Yeah. It was. It was not a grand bot ma. That was, but I sure. love that when they show her in reality, she's sort of just sliding against yeah. the floor and like covers <laughs> her face. And then she opens her hands, she's like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, like look how great I am. And they're like, but honestly, maybe yes. that was that was the. It almost seems though like they're not unimpressed with her dancing. I feel like maybe this is the standard of dancing that they probably assumed was coming in. But I think the fact that she's not what they were looking for because they're like we already have a bunch of girls that look like you we're looking for something different someone younger and blonde <laughs> yeah we're i mean i would have been like excuse me brunette farm girl i would have said excuse me you couldn't have told me that before i started auditioning like when i walked in here yeah before i laid it all out on the floor my yeah heart. before I, before <laughs> i did the best dancing i've ever done i love that when she says that that was the best dancing i've ever done <laughs> yeah uh, this part honestly is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. When you put it into perspective, how many people have had this same dream and have gone through this same disappointment, and her her desperation to still make this happen. She's like, "I'm a star. I'm a star." And I'm a says, star. When she starts screaming, "Help me!" as she's being that grabbed out of the building, I was like, "Holy fuck!" This. Poor girl. And I'm so invested by this part in the movie because things are happening so fast that I'm like, oh, oh, oh I know. Oh my god. It's heartbreaking. But then and then we see her outside, like wailing, sobbing. Just, oh, ah! I've had cries just, like this. I've just, never cried like this. This feels good. I mean, it yeah, it does I'm sure it feels incredible, but she is wailing, like crying. It is so crazy. And then her face lifts up and the makeup's all yes. smeared. And <laughs> I mean, I would be devastated if I were her. I mean, this was this was her chance. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd be screaming too. Uh, yeah. Her crying too is just so believable. That gut. Yeah. That gut scream. That crying from your gut. Yes, like, not, sen- not since gut. Tony Collette have we heard a cry so <laughs> gutsy. Yes. Truly. Honestly. Uh, and before that, it was Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted at the end. When oh, she yeah, yeah. Her, no one cares if you die, Lisa, because you're already dead. Ah! ah! It's just so, uh, yeah, the whale, the, the sort of like, I guess, primal feeling that comes yeah. from a cry like that is, is raw. 
Yeah, I was raw. That beer. Okay, she's serving it up raw. So she gets back to the house and she starts confessing to Mitzi. And one of the things that was not mentioned, like, okay, we get it. You killed, you killed people. You mi- so I maimed, so I murdered. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aren't I a human being? And then Don't she had I... an affair. <laughs> yeah. She gives us the obvious things, but she mentions that she had a baby. Oh yeah. And it sounds like she went into postpartum, which eventually. I don't know what happened, but it kind of sounds like Pearl may have killed her baby. I thought, to me, I thought she miscarried. It didn't sound like she had had the baby yet. But she said she was relieved when it was gone. When and it I died. Like, when well, it probably died. And, inside and so of her. What, Maybe she did have it. Think. I'm like, it's one thing to like have a miscarriage. Like she, but it, it sounds like she was already familiar with the feeling of what the child was like. And so that's mm. why I thought maybe it wasn't a miscarriage. Because I thought miscarriage at first too. But the second time around when I heard her explain that the baby was essentially driving her nuts, I was like, the baby sounds like it was born. Oh God, maybe. I mean, maybe it's, yeah. But it seems like they would just sort of wash over the fact that she killed the baby and still let her, ju- I mean, Maybe they don't know that she killed the baby. Uh, could go either way. She was like, I was relieved when it Why would died. Howard still be with her? Like, well, it sounds like it died. It didn't sound like she killed it. To me, it sounded like the baby died maybe just from, you know. Maybe malnourished even. Like, or knows? yeah, or just like in, like sudden infant death syndrome. SIDS, yeah, like that's yeah. a thing. And so, I don't know. I just I just assumed the, ba- the baby had died and she sort of felt it was like a, a relief in a way. Yeah. And, and it's such like a, it's such a poetic monologue at first. Like when she's oh. explaining, like feeling abandoned and having an affair and losing her baby. And then it sort of sweeps into, and I, st- it's, first it started with small animals and now I fully killed my fucking parents. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like the transition from how it starts to how it ends is so, I mean, this is the perfect monologue to audition for a dramatic role with. Oh my god, it is! It's a little bit I mean, of everything. It is, but it is just also just like a stunning showcase of Mia Goth's talent. Like you're like at some at one point, I remember seeing it in theaters, and everybody like I, I started laughing at one point because I was like, I cannot believe how long this monologue is. But I was also long. so invested in it, and and it it takes us on a fucking journey. I mean, we get we get all the things from the confessions to how she feels about her marriage and how she feels abandoned and alone because of her husband, how much she fucking hates him and wishes that he would die because of it. Like there's just so many rich things that happen in this monologue and how casually she just sort of lets it fall out that that she talks about that she's murdered animals and people and poor Mitzi's sitting there like, uh, wow. I, this she's cracked you know <laughs> i love that too her reactions like oh okay. okay. she's well, like i'm gonna I be go going now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i'm gonna she's go like, but, so you're not um, gonna tell anybody are you she's like no 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 and then and then pearl's like um, bitch but, i know yeah I, I know you got the part but did, did she get the part I don't know. I don't know. I I can't tell if she was just being complicit because she was She's scared. scared. <laughs> but maybe I know. I was like, is does that make Mitzi shady? Like that she didn't tell her at first, or is she just 
No, I think she saw Playing that Pearl was so upset that, it, it, okay, if she did get the role, she obviously saw that Pearl was completely I'm devastated. Sure. And couldn't find it within her to be like, well, I got the part, you know. But yeah, it wasn't the appropriate time to In celebrate. a way, I kind of feel like she didn't get it. But because of what they said they wanted, she's assuming and she's being complicit because she's scared. She's like, because at first she's like, Pearl, I didn't get she's the like, part. I didn't get it. And then she's like, okay. She's like, I'm just going to say I did. Don't so I can... lie to me. And yeah. That's she's like, I'm going to say like, I oh. did so I can remove myself from this situation from this person who's obviously lost their fucking mind. Yes. And bringing this, once she exits the building and there's that great shot that is a testament to Ty West's eye for direction where he's following her out of the house from a distance. And, yeah. And then further in the distance, you see Pearl start to come out and kind of look at her. And then the wheels are turning and she grabs the axe and it's yes. sort of calm at first. And then it yeah, builds she, up it's into sort a of slow. Yeah slasher and I, it's so interesting to see a slasher set within this time period 1918 it's like Lizzie Borden as a slasher yeah, well, it's very like movie. I know one of the inspirations of this movie was like whatever happened to baby Jane which is sort of yes. the um, the birth of the hagsploitation subgenre oh. Oh of like, God. of like, is that crazy what it's called? Yes, hag- yes, that is a that's like, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Like created like a whole bunch of movies that uh, followed that were like old ladies murdering each other. <laughs> Most of them starring Catherine Hepburn or Betty Davis and whatever. <laughs> of course. And so, uh, this almost seems like the origins of a hag exploitation film, which we can kind of call X to be honest about an. an eat like a murderous yeah. old lady and so the axe i feel like the axe feels very hagploitation like well now murder. that you're describing that i'm like x is sort of a lot of things it's sexploitation blacksploitation yeah exploitation it's just about exploitation on film in general so that's actually very interesting yeah that up yeah, I think that I think that the axe murderer feels very much in the vein of hag exploitation. So yeah, we're yeah, they're cover they're covering all the all the fun little exploitation genres. Wow, that's really good. yeah. <laughs> so then, um, that's sort of our our final kill, uh, Miss Mitzi, and she she gets dismembered and fed to to Miss Theta there in the pond or in the lake, um, yes. and. And then we have, like, the, the, the disturbing scenes just keep on going, because now we have Pearl sort of setting the scene, coming to terms with, like, well, this is my life, I guess. I'm not, I'm never leaving. I'm, yeah. I, how can I now? What am I going to do? So I might as well just make the best of what I've gotten. So she, like, sets up that, like, the family scene with her dead parents. The and Last the, Supper. <laughs> yeah, The Last Supper. And then, you know, miraculously, it doesn't look like to me that he comes, that Howard comes home the very next day because when the day he does get no. there, all the These food is molded. These bodies have been there for a while. Well, there's like mold growing on the food and in yes. the soups and everything. And so uh, to me, it feels like it's been several days or maybe a week it or does. so. It and does. then he... Yeah, but then this moment where Pearl welcomes him into the home and he's horrified, obviously, by the display. But then 
Ty West just keeps the camera on Mia Goth's Rolling. face. And apparently this was not planned. And she had no idea this was going to happen. And that <laughs> some of those like shakes of her head are like her like r- being like, are we, are we cutting? Like, like what's happening? Okay. And she it looks fantastic. It like, it's almost a two minutes straight of her smiling as hard as she fucking can to the point where tears are coming out of her eyes. Like that is, yes. it's disturbing and it's, you know, but it's so, such a perfect ending. Perfect ending. And honestly, it's one of the most iconic moments in this oh, film. Absolutely. I saw somebody, I saw it. somebody carve a jack-o'-lantern with her face on it. Yes. Yes, Did you see that? Posted that. Yes. yes, it's insane. I, I I think that it's an amazing. And honestly, um, we sat there because I was expecting some sort of teaser at the end of the of the credits. So I stayed through the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And me and Andre were laughing, and he goes, "I feel like I can hear the director calling out to her, like you know, yeah. like keep so going, started, keep we going." We started doing it in the theater. We're like, "Hold it, hold it, hold, keep bigger. holding, raise your eyebrows." Yeah. <laughs> keep smiling. Don't Make your face as big as keep possible. Keep smiling, Mia. Big, 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 big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tears. Bring some Here. tears. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, not not since Miss Timothy Chalamet have we seen an ending like this. So, um, right. I love it. <laughs> you know, and I will say that that whole ending does feel like a tie-in to X because it almost feels like the inspiration for X in a lot of ways was to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I feel like yeah. this dinner scene that you know it feels like something from the texas chainsaw massacre absolutely absolutely Um, especially seeing mitzi's body getting totally like taken apart with an axe (laughs) it's jarring it's honestly almost just as gory as terrifier (laughs) 2 there we go oh my god hot take oh and honestly the car scene of her rolling his car into the lake it's like ah. And then we see that later in X. So yes. beautiful tie-ins. Which I thought was like, which we had, I think, equated it to like an homage to Psycho, which they had talked about. Yes. But I, I feel like there's probably other movies. It almost, have you ever heard of a movie called Night of the Stalker? Night of the Watch, Night of the, Night of, no, not Night of the Stalker. Night of the Creeps? <laughs> Night of the, Night of the something. Fuck, I don't have Wi-Fi. I feel like what if, Jake, the, I, what if you were like, oh, Night of the Living Dead? <laughs> not, yeah, no, it's called Night of. Well, what is it? Night of the. I don't. Whatever. But, but, but mm-hmm. I think there's a scene where somebody pushes a car into the water, and like there's like a really chilling scene of like the dead body, like in the passenger seat, like floating underneath the pond or whatever. And it almost felt like that. And that's an old mm. black and white film. What the fuck is that? It's Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter is what it's called. Oh, okay. Night of the Hunter by Gail Weathers. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, Night of the Hunter, which we had referenced in our Promising Young Woman uh, episode when that song that plays from Night of the Hunter and her parents are watching it. Anyway, so it has shown up on this podcast before. Um, I almost felt like it was almost an homage to that of like an old black and white film where a, a car gets pushed into water. So maybe it is, maybe it's not. But I'm that's where my mind went. I can absolutely see that being a reference. Ty West obviously yeah. has some very obscure references. Um, <laughs> okay, well, then we get our Maxine teaser, which honestly looks like it's going full on Hollywood. I can't wait. Cannot to see wait. 
how it plays out. And honestly, like just seeing this play out of Maxine going to Hollywood and Mac and Maxine, um, it's so cool because when you line them up on a timeline, it's Pearl X Maxine, you know, like Pearl, yeah, almost like Pearl, Pearl and Maxine, and Maxine. Pearl yeah. times Maxine, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's like Pearl is really a representation for that dream of being a star, and then X is like maybe the few steps you have to take to become a star, and then now Maxine is probably just going to give us what it's like to to be a, star. be a star, and it's like oh. Who- but now I want to know who's Amazing. the threat. Who is the threat in Maxine? Is it Maxine? Is she the threat now? Who's yes. killing who? It's she. Are they going to keep mirroring each other? Is she going to do whatever it takes to get where she wants to be in life? Yeah. I, I'm so excited because Pearl's not our villain anymore. So yeah, what Pearl's is not the villain. Happen? What can the possibilities are endless in Maxine, and I think that's very exciting, but also like. It makes me anxious. I'm like, what is it going to be? It has yeah, to be Maxine. Like, she has to be this slasher element going like what's gonna happen i guess only time will tell oh i can't wait i cannot wait um and it's gonna be interesting to see mia goth because she obviously filmed these a while ago and this is gonna be like post the production of all of those post the release of x and post her baby for her yeah mia goth so and marriage, I guess. So now it's just going to be really interesting to see what she brings to Maxine. Yes. Oh, Ooh, I can't, I can't wait. wait. And have we I, have we talked on here about our uh, our hopes for casting in that? Um, no, but um, Chloe Cherry. Chloe Cherry. That I've been throwing around constantly. I and, really, and, I mean, she's and, done porn, and then she was in Euphoria, and she was a fan favorite <laughs> there, and now. You know, I do. It only seems right. Yeah, this that's a very befit. How many things are Chloe Cherry going to be offered in Hollywood? You know, exactly. At least give her at least give her the movie about (laughs) porn. Like, come on, right? Exactly. It's and then and then uh, I would love to see Miss Pam Anderson in it. I would love to see her in it. I would love to see Pam Anderson. You had mentioned Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords would be great, and you know, it's like I don't know, some sort of like porn agent or something a who, producer or yeah, yeah 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 oh my gosh i would um, love to simon see some rex of oh yeah simon rex that would be great for him Another to show up here porn transitioned into his real star yeah um, but maybe some of those names that you mentioned maybe you know ty west will get some big names out of this uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, how well x and pearl were received uh maybe maybe you never we know should, who could come across. Yeah, this who project. who's gonna who's gonna come across in Pearl? Ooh. Oh, sorry, Maxine. Oh, uh, who's gonna come on Maxine's face? I mean, oh um, my god, <laughs> oh my god. Um, All right, okay. final thoughts. Final thoughts. My final thoughts are: I love this film. I love still it. think that I like X just a little bit better. I just feel like there's a little bit more going on in X, but honestly, they cannot be compared. They're just so well done on their own Pearl is a fantastic film it's such it just has such great performances in it the character development is awesome Ty West directing is fantastic so again I can't compare apples to oranges right but 
I think that it's a fantastic film, fantastic performances. The script is really well done. I would love to know even how much Mia Goth had influence over the script because yeah. maybe some of these genius moments are from her mind. And I just think that she, this is a star making performance. I mean, she's done so many things already, but this really is such a showcase of her talents. Tandy Wright is great. I just think it looks amazing. It feels amazing. The references to films of years gone by and applying it to this sort of slasher genre and the time for it's just, it's fantastic. I think that this movie has better ideas than X, but I think maybe the execution... I mean, the execution is beautiful. There's nothing to say. This is a beautiful <laughs> film. It's it is. a beautiful film. It, it stands up really well. And I'm actually really surprised that the reviews... I mean, obviously, this is still a fresh... This still has a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a little bit under X. And I'm really surprised by that. Because that is surprising is, to me. This, in a way, could be an Oscar contender for me. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And that's how I feel. I mean, I've spent... M- a lot of time recently googling like best actress predictions mia goth shows up on a lot of them but she's on like uh could also Alert. be considered i know and yeah. i'm like no i want her to her to be a contender but unfortunately that's not the reality of of you know horror films like it, we're, horror they're is co- so disrespected oh it's so <laughs> overlooked it's so not fair but i, I honestly think that this is an like you said, a star-making performance for Mia Goth. It is absolutely stellar. She just... You can tell she just knows this character inside and out, and she put her whole heart and soul into it. I love everything about how this film looks. I think the the storytelling is so strong. I think there's so much commentary on not only, you know, movie-making, but also just, like, of the times and of people in war torn 1918 and and just there's just so much substance in here it's just such a juicy film it's just so rich in substance it's not surface level it there is just i just think it it, there's just nothing i can say wrong about this film i love it i could watch it many many more times and i love x too i and i've and i've enjoyed watching x a lot but for me pearl is just slightly just a a slightly better one yes it's it's so so much much more more unique unique. it's it just offered something that we just have not seen ever before and um it it mixes a lot of like horror but with like heart-wrenching storytelling about loneliness about about desperation about survival and um, I just, I can't say enough good things. So this to me is a five out of five. It's just oh, fantastic. Yes, I too. Well, I would give this a four and a half out of five. There's something just a little disconnected. I can't quite put my finger on it because I'm so enchanted by how good the good is. Yeah. But there's just some, there's just some kind of disconnect and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's in the storytelling or the development of the character of Pearl. I don't know what it is. But as a standalone film, it's a five out of five. But I think yeah. being a, connected specifically to X, it maybe just some inconsistencies, just something that shifted. Yeah. So I think in terms of the trilogy, a four and a half. But in terms of just being a standalone film, a five out of five for sure. And I I, I think we should start the campaign now. Best original screenplay. Yes. Best 
Best Actress, Mia Goth. Best Supporting yes. Actress, Tandy Wright. Yes. And um, Best Production Design. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It, it should, yeah. It If there was any justice in this world, it would be considered for all of those. I don't know if it will be, but... Um, <laughs> Give us one. One can one can dream. One can dream. One can dream. I know. You know. And the Academy on Instagram, they're pretty. They're pretty um, forward thinking because they put yeah. Miss Brenda from Scary Movie on some of their marketing. They put you know? they they put uh, Miss Casey Becker on there today. What's your favorite scary movie? With like the script scrolling as she was talking. Oh my god! Amazing. Yeah. I mean. Horror is definitely on the radar, but right. it's well, just, it's up and coming and, it in in highbrow art. You know, I think art, people yeah. are starting to really come around to this idea that horror films have much more to say than just hack and slash. Absolutely, and with films like Get Out and Pearl, I think that this direction of where horror can go is is so captivating and it, there's so many great stories that can come from these sort of influences so, yeah absolutely this is a staple of the horror franchise right now so yeah i would say best of the Bye. year so far Ooh. okay that's a big statement Ooh, i said it fantastic year for horror so that's I, a big statement i think i said it i think this is the best horror film of the year oh my god holy shit well you know what when you compare it to what's come out already, yeah. The, the end of this year has been kind of disappointing. But the first half of the year, absolutely stellar. Scream X. Scream X. Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. We're getting we're getting what we want. Horror fans are being fed um, generously, I will say. Um, yeah. So that's Alrighty. it for our Pearl episode. Yay! That was so much fun. Um, I loved it. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Yes. Join us every Friday for new episodes. And honestly, Instagram is popping. We have Soundtrack Sunday. We have quizzes every Thursday in our stories. We have our hotties. I mean, we're doing the most over there on Instagram and the algorithm is fucked up so just look us up and see what you missed (laughs) exactly exactly hey head over to Apple Podcasts where you can give us a five star review Um, you can head to Spotify and give us a five star review because we are stars help us star help me (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we thank you for all the love and support and help you've already given us Absolutely. And until next time, sweet screams, bitch. Bye.